You are listening to The Real Faith Stories Podcast. Interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guests and hear their story. Shay, welcome to Real Faith Stories Podcast. It is a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for having me, Brian. Absolutely. I would love to hear your story about your departure from corporate America and how the Lord <laughs> called you out of that and what happened. I think that's very instructive with regards to hearing the voice of God and trying to do what He's asking us to do. Yes, that is a rather crazy story. So I have to give a little bit of background and context. So I was working um, at a corporate career. I worked at IBM Corporation for about 10, almost 11 years. And I was in technology. And so I've been kind of advancing in my career there. I always had a business on the side as well. I didn't know how long I was going to be in corporate America, but you know, I started investing in real estate and just kind of dabbling in things on the side mm -hmm. as I was working there. And in 2009, as I was writing out my goals for the year at that time of my life, my, the way I worked with the Lord at that time was kind of like, here's my goals, Lord, please bless them. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I wasn't really asking him like, what's on your heart for me. It was just kind of like, this is what I want to do. So, you know, please <laughs> bless these plans, you know? And so I was doing what I normally do. And, you know, the end of the year, the beginning of the next year, and I'm writing out my goals. And it was the first time that I heard the Lord speak to me about my goals, what I hadn't asked him. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he said, you're going to leave your job by June of 2010. And so I was like, oh, well, I don't, I don't even know how in the world that's going to happen. But I wrote it down because I knew that wasn't me. So I wrote that down and I did what I do as a meticulous planner. Uh, the next logical step was to create a really long laundry list of things that need to be accomplished before I would ever leave my job. <laughs> it was a very wise list you know, how much money I should have saved, how much money I should be making in the business, how, you know, how much debt, you know, we should not have, you know, mm -hmm. all of those things. It was a really wise list. And so I'd, I'd even talked to my husband about it. And he's like, okay, you know, sounds great. So I go throughout the year and I'm just feeling just like, like it's prepare to go. Like it's time for you to go. You, it's time for you to go. And it didn't make any sense because my checklist was not even remotely close <laughs> to complete. Like, I don't even know if I had checked off much of anything at all on the list when I'm feeling these nudges. And so it got so uncomfortable that, you know, I have, I was friends with a guy who was the operations manager for the department and people were getting laid off. And I wanted so bad to just say to him, next time Jim comes to you, put in a good word for me because he's laying these folks off and they're depressed. But if he laid me off, I'd be ecstatic. So, you know, put in a good <laughs> word. But I couldn't do it. Every time I went to go do it, I felt, I call it the Holy Ghost hush moment. Like, just don't do, like, stop, don't do that. And so I wouldn't do it. So it got increasingly uncomfortable. People are getting laid off around me and I get a promotion, Brian. Whoa. I mean, I was praying that they would lay me off. But instead, I got a promotion. So I was like, okay, God's got jokes. So I go through the rest of that year, continuing to work, but uncomfortable. Like, I, I know I'm supposed to go. I go into 2010. I'm April. I'm at a business conference in Orlando. And I'm ironing my clothes for the last session. And as I'm ironing my clothes, I heard God like I had never, ever heard him. And I haven't heard him like this 
sense. Mm -hmm. And it was one word. It was go. But it was so, like, I haven't heard the audible, but it, it would be the closest thing. Like, I heard it. I felt it. Like, it was very clear. It was one word. It was go. And I knew exactly what the go was about. Mm. And so I called my husband. He's like, I told you you could leave. You know, I've already, I've already blessed this transition. I'm like, man, it makes no sense, but okay, you know, I'll do it. And so I called my boss the next day in uh, California and said, you know, I, Jim, I got to give my 30 days notice. He's like, well, where are you going? And I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, it's like, okay, you're sure. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay. you know. <laughs> and so sure enough, I hadn't planned it that way. I didn't expect it to happen that way. But May 31st was my last day in my corporate career. Yeah, crazy. I would love to circle back on a couple of things you mentioned thus far. Yes. One of the things that I think a lot of Christians struggle with is hearing the voice of God. Yes. So when you first heard that you'd be leaving in June of 2010, mm -hmm. you'd be leaving by then, where did you hear that? Where was that sense? Create some context for that, if you would. It was a thought that came from nowhere. You know, sometimes when you have thoughts, you have thoughts that are like, oh, well, these are the typical thoughts that I think, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but in this case, as I'm writing out my goals, I'm hearing the, it's like, it's the voice in my head mm -hmm. saying, you are leaving your job by June of 2010, just like that. It was a thought. And it was like, I knew thought because I'd never thought that thought before. And that wasn't even really the desire of my heart at the time. So it was like, that was interesting. Yeah. And I'm hearing another line of thought. So that's how that showed up for me. Okay. Now this checklist that you had. <laughs> yes. Do you remember how many things were on that checklist? There was anywhere between eight and 11 things on there. And the reason why I can say that the first several were super duper important to me, but I remember there being a few on there that were like, uh, these would be nice twos, mm -hmm. but not half twos. But I had some things on there that I thought that it would make zero sense. And quite honestly, logically with some of those things, it wouldn't, it didn't make logical sense to leave when I left. It wasn't a logical decision. Man's wisdom would have said, have these things in order. Mm -hmm. And I would advise anyone to this day have these things in order. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the list. Sure. The problem is if I exalt that list over his voice, now that's problematic. When you were ironing your clothes and you heard the word of the Lord to you say, go in no uncertain terms, you knew that was him speaking to you. How did you hear that as being so different than what you've heard previously with respect to his guidance? Yeah. So, in that moment, it was a, so the first time it was, this was a thought I have never thought before. Mm. With the go, it was, I've never heard a voice this loud before. <laughs> wow. There was a, it was like a weight on it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like everything on the inside of me was like, this is clearly the Lord. And because it's not like it's the first time we'd had this conversation, he'd been nudging me all year. I'd had these conversations back and forth with my husband all year, trying to rationalize all the reasons why I shouldn't leave. Mm -hmm. So by the time the go showed up, it was, there was authority in that go that I felt like the weight of it. Like I'm inviting you to do something with me. I need you to hear me go. You know, I, I felt all of that in that moment. You gave your 30-day notice. I did. And you left. Tell us what happened after that. I freaked out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so 
So now I freaked out. I've left my just under a six figure salary to uh, do who knows what. Um, even though I had business on the side, like I said, I was investing in real estate at the time. We had residential cash flow properties. So you're not talking about huge cash flow per property, just like maybe a hundred, two hundred dollars mm-hmm. a month here or there, right? Yeah. And so it was nothing close to my salary. So I figured uh that when I left, I kind of went into I went into the grind mode. I didn't even ask God, like, oh, so why did I leave? Like, what's on your heart concerning me? I didn't even ask. I freaked out. I went into, okay, now I've got all the time in the world to do the things I was doing on the side before. So let me get at it. And so for about six months, I was grinding it out, like trying to do all the things to make this thing happen in my real estate business, as well as at the time I was, I think at that time I also had started, um, I think I had two things going on, but the the primary one was in the real estate investing. Mm -hmm. And so I was going hard. And about six months in, after making very little progress, and it's not because I didn't know what I was doing. I knew what I was doing. I had all the time to do, to do it now, mm-hmm. but I was making very little progress. And I remember the Lord saying to me, it was another one of those things, the whisper that came out of nowhere, the thought that wasn't my thought. And it was, are you done yet? Are you done yet? <laughs> are you done yet? Yes. That happened about six months after my tireless grinding. And so I just stopped and I was like, yeah, I, I just said to myself, like, yeah, I'm done. And it was at that moment when I was like, I have to incline my ear and my heart towards the Lord. He's the one who called me out in the first place. So I can't be out here trying to figure these things out on my own. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that was a perspective shift for me and a perspective shift, even in my relationship with the Lord and his interest in these areas of my life. Mm. And so that was a big shift for me. I mean, that there was still another couple of years before starting what I'm doing now, but I mean, that was the beginning of the shift of learning how to hear and respond to him in context of my life that I really hadn't been paying attention before. This is fascinating because what you did in leaving your career and then starting out on your own was what I heard you say is you didn't really check in with the Lord at that point. You had a direction you were going and you felt like, this is the direction I'm going to keep going and I'm going to push hard on it because I think this is what I'm supposed to do. That's right. And not whether it's what I'm supposed to do, it's just what I'm doing. And so I've got time to do it. So let me go make this thing happen because I'm not drawing a paycheck right right now. So let me go make this thing happen. It was just my, it's just, it was just a disconnect for me. I I didn't dis, I didn't make the connection between he called me out. (laughs) Maybe I should ask him why. I didn't even make the connection. I was just in the, I was in freak out and make it happen mode. Yeah. And then he says, are you done yet? And you finally sit down. Yeah. And you say, okay, uh, I am. What do you want, Lord? Right? Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I leave my job again? Like what, what, what is going on in my life? (laughs) That was that moment. So what happened when you sat down finally and said, okay, I'm here. What do you want? Yeah. Well, the beginning was, it was just like, I really felt like he was inviting me to slow down and to just spend some time with him. Like I was still continuing to do what I did, but I did it slower. Mm. And I just felt like I needed to keep an ear to him. Mm -hmm. And so I was focusing on developing relationship with him. I was focused on doing the work I was doing, but not, you know, pushing so hard and feeling like that weight or that pressure of making all the things happen. Um, I still wouldn't say that I, it's def- it was definitely not, it was a development process because it's definitely not the way that I 
work with the Lord now or even have for the past several years. But in that moment, it was just like the beginning stage of an invitation to to invite and receive him in this area of my life that I just had never thought to mm-hmm. before. And so it was mostly for me at that time, it was slowing down and then seeing what he had to say about things or just even being in the word more than I was before or whatever it looked like, you know, yeah. to even pray and consider my business and my prayer or, you know, whatever that looked like. That was the beginning step. But the biggest part was slowing down, slowing my pace. Mm-hmm. And why do you suppose that was? Well, I think that if I didn't slow my pace, then I wasn't going to be able to hear him because I'd be so busy. I'm, listen, I mean, this was a skill set of mine. I'm a meticulous planner. I'm a strategist. I know how to get stuff done. I mean, I, I did very well coming up in my life as a result of those things, right? That's my personality. Give me a blueprint. I'll, listen, give me an idea. I'll create a blueprint, run and run with it. Right. And so he created me that way. There's nothing wrong with that, but I didn't know how to surrender that, how to yield that to him and under his guidance, leading and direction. And so if I hadn't slowed down based off of the way my wiring is, I would have continued to just operate in my own strength to the point of exhaustion. And we would have wasted a whole lot of time. And potentially I could have, you know, it could have led to problems in my marriage or problems with my kids or problems in other areas of my life. Right. It didn't get that far, but that's where it could have headed. If I held on to like, I have to do this thing in my own strength and I have to make this thing happen. In this season, as you're starting to rest and listen, what started to happen inside of you? What was what was going on that was motivating you to the next step? And what was God telling you? It's funny that I can't, when I th- go back and think about, especially the first year after I kind of shifted, I don't remember a whole lot of conversations with the Lord about what I was doing. I really think I was practicing the discipline of slowing down. And then after that, what I do recall is having experiences where I would hear instruction on certain things that I wouldn't normally, you know, invite him into or be listening in for, um, whether it had to do with my business or even my marriage or, you know, a conversation with my spouse, you know, whatever. So it was almost like it was the very beginning baby stages of me listening, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever area it was in my life. So it was just kind of paying attention in those small little ways. And then what happened is about two years. Now we're talking about, Two years after I left my job, there was a series of just divinely orchestrated connections. So one of my friends who was in the real estate business, he contacted me and he said, you know, I met this woman. And when I met her, I really felt like I was supposed to connect the two of you. And I said, okay, that's fine. And so he connected the two of us. We hop on the phone. It was this woman out in LA. And as we were talking, I'm thinking, she seems like a really great woman, but I don't know why he was so adamant. It was almost like a holy burden for him to connect us. And I was thinking about that during this call. And I'm like, I'm not sure why, but you know, that's great. We can continue this conversation. But at the end of that conversation, she says, I have a client. She was a business coach. She goes, I have this client and I really feel like I'm supposed to connect you to her. I said, okay, that sounds good. So she connects me on Facebook with this woman named Antonina Gear, lives in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So she said, you two need to know each other. I said, okay. I hop on the phone. This is March, 2012. I hop on the phone with this woman and it was like an instant click. I don't know if you've ever met anyone and you knew immediately like this was God, like this connection's a God connection. And I sensed that immediately with her and she was in South Carolina. I'm in Florida. And so we hit it off really quick, had conversations about stuff. You don't have conversations with complete strangers about 
And about a month or maybe a month and a half into this friendship as us getting to know one another, I would just, I had this, it was another thing. It was a sense. It was a strong sense on the inside that I felt like we met for something specific, not just because, hey, we could be good friends. And so I brought it up to her and I said, you know, you know, this has been great. You know, I've interviewed you, interviewed you for my podcast. I've helped your folks because she was a business owner too. I'm like, but I don't think this is why we met. Like, I think that there's a really specific God reason why we met. She said, I've been feeling the same way. I said, well, let's pray about it and come back. And so we prayed about it, came back in a week, talked about some stuff. I'm like, no, it's none of those things. Let's pray about it again and come back. We did that again, came back, talked about some things. Nope. mm -mm. It's something though. I couldn't shake it. I couldn't shake it. So we went back, prayed again, came back. The third time she says to me, Brian, I have some words. I wrote them. The Lord gave them to me some time ago. I have no idea what they mean, what they are or what they are for. But the words are kingdom driven entrepreneur. And when she said those three words, what flew out of my mouth, this was not me. This was the Lord. I had no idea what I was talking about. As soon as she said that, I said, that's a community, that's a movement. And it starts with a book. <laughs> like I literally had a, a, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, of which I had no idea what I was talking about. Incredible. So, and nor did I even know what those things are. <laughs> uh -huh. It was just, it was just me speaking. Yeah. And so that began, you know, oh, well, that's interesting. And I mean, yeah, that is interesting. Well, what is a kingdom driven entrepreneur? Have we even been one before? What does that mean? Those words are very specific. And it led us on this journey for like about six months of just, Lord, what is this thing? What have you called us to? What exactly is a kingdom-driven entrepreneur? Have we been that? What's your heart? And what are we supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. And six months later, we launched Kingdom Driven LLC or Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur, the community and movement. And we started it with a book. <laughs> but but it was so crazy because I think about it. Every time I tell this story, it amazes me. It amazes me all over again because to know how not paying attention I was to, to God in these areas of my life, especially in the area of work and in the area of my business, to be able to sense him so clearly in these, in these matters was just the grace of God over those moments. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's not like, it's not like I, my relationship with the Lord was nowhere even close to where it was even five years ago, six years ago or whatever. But it's just, in the, it was just the grace of God in those moments that it's like, I knew it was him. I couldn't shake the sense that I got. I didn't question it. It was just different. Whatever I was experiencing, it was just something I had not experienced before. And I just went with it. And so I think for over those, you know, from the time that I left my job and then for me to see how God provided for us, even in just the craziest ways, I think I was exercising my faith muscles in such a way that gave me another a level of sensitivity to his voice and the strength to just go with it without knowing all the details, even though that was completely counter to my personality st style. As a strategic planner, right? Yes, yes. Still am. That's a great gift to have, too. Yes, very helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> remind me of the name of the woman who gave you those words, please. Antonina Gear. She's the co-founder of Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur. Ah, uh, okay. The sense was, I have these words for you, and we're supposed to be doing this together. The thing is, we didn't even have, that's not even how the conversation went. It was so funny. She says, God gave me these words and she gave me the words. Uh -huh. And then I pretty much told her by the Holy Spirit what those words meant. <laughs> and so we never even said, so we didn't even have the discussion of, so does this mean that you and I are supposed to do this? We were just like, well, God, what is this? Yeah. What, what, what is this thing? And in the exploration of it, 
it was like one little piece at a time started to come together. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, is that she's no longer involved in the operations of the business. Two and a half years in, the Lord was like, I got a new assignment for you, you know? And it's just interesting. So she was always a founding partner, but she's not even involved anymore. But it was the words that he put in her journal. It was like, my destiny for me was in the journal of somebody else. It's crazy. It is fascinating to me how, and I this this is just what you described, is I have, for example, a relationship with somebody I met 12 years ago, and I knew we were connected by the Lord, and it wasn't literally until last week that I found out why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was a revelation, but it, yes. was, it was the timing last week was the best timing for that. Yes. That's everything. The timing is everything. It is. And it's, yep. it's interesting how we get these flashes of the Lord's guidance and connection with people, and we want to make something happen. It's like pushing rocks uphill. It's not yeah. it, it when you're feeling the sense of pushing rocks uphill, that's a pretty good indication that you're the one that's driving it and not the Lord. That's right. That's right. right. That's the grind. That is <laughs> we the don't grind. Want that. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, speaking with somebody about that earlier, and I said, I'd rather be behind an 18 wheeler drafting than pushing rocks uphill. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, without question. <laughs> yeah. So you got these words from her journal. They yes. resonated with you. You kind of had this experience where I can't believe I'm saying this. It right. Was prophetic, really. Yes. And then what happened? Yeah. So we spent the six months like seeking God and writing this book. And then we also knew that we were supposed to start this thing, this community and movement that started with the book. So by the time we had finished, uh, almost finished writing the book, I was like, you know, we haven't met face to face yet. <laughs> yeah. And so she came down to Fort Lauderdale and we had a great time together and we were just seeking God, you know, well, just praying about what's the next step. What does that look like? We signed, Brian, it's the biggest joke of an operating agreement because we had no idea what we were doing. It's like the operating agreement that says, this is a community. It's a movement that starts with a book. God gave it to us. We'll steward it. If she dies, this is what'll happen. If I die, this is what'll happen. And that's it. I mean, that was, that was it. It makes no sense. (laughs) On a napkin. Right. <laughs> oh, and it's and it was so, binding. <laughs> it was. It was, you know. We yeah. signed it and it was like, okay, there's our agreement. And and so we started this business with, you know, basically we did what I knew how to do. I said, okay, well, we wrote a book, right? So let's give the book away on Kindle. We'll have an opt-in, you know, we'll encourage people to hop on an email list, and then we'll start the community based off of the email list. We've got Facebook, we have Facebook groups. So then we'll invite them to the Facebook group. So I was just doing what I do, right? Put yeah. these little strategies together. So that's what we did. We we launched the book for free. It had like 2,000 something downloads. Uh, ended up, you know, a month later with a couple thousand people in a Facebook group. And we had no idea what we were supposed to do with these folks. We were just like, okay, Lord, now what? And so we were the most praying people ever. Like every day it was like, now what, Lord? Because we never wanted to get ahead of him because we had no idea what this whole thing was about. All We operated off the word that it's a community and movement that starts with a book for about a good year. I mean, we just really didn't know why we were doing what we were doing and what it was about. So we just served people the best we knew how. They had questions about certain things around growing a business, we'd answer them. Mm-hmm. You know, we we just were serving in the way we knew how day by day. And then it took probably a year before we had just like a revelatory moment around why we existed. But for that first year, it was just walking day by day, no vision beyond a day, no vision beyond a week. You know, if we had vision for 30 days, that was fortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's where we were. And we were just really learning, honestly, learning how to walk with him, be patient in the process. She was, she was the kind of go-getter that I was too, you know? So both of us were the type of people who would be, who would easily put a plan together and get ahead of, way ahead of God. And we knew without a shadow of a doubt that this was his, mm. this wasn't either of our ideas. And so we didn't want anything other than what he was showing us. And so we operated that way, you know, for that, you know, we didn't know that's how we were just walking it out and learning how to hear his voice and walk it out. And mm -hmm. it was crazy, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was good. You know, it was good. It was like a training ground for learning how to walk with him. And that was my next question is what do you suppose you were learning? And you just answered it as a training yeah. ground to learning how to walk with him. That's right. And then it's interesting. I just think oh, it's just the goodness of God and just how he's um, he knows his kids and he knows exactly how to work with them individually. Mm. And what he did with me in the most beautiful way is the very first thing he dealt with with me in the month before starting Kingdom Driven Entrepreneur in that September before we launched in November is he gave me such a crazy. That's a whole nother story, a crazy revelation of his love. And so when he gave me that revelation of his love, it, it pulled my walls down to be able to trust and surrender. Then he was teaching me how to be a faithful servant. I'm going to share something. I'm going to give you something. You're going to do it. I'm going to give you an instruction. It won't make any sense to you, but you're going to do it anyway. And just train me like, here's, I'm just going to be faithful. I'm just going to be faithful. I listen to his voice. I respond over and over again. I went like that for a while. And then eventually, right after, right around the time Antonina left, actually, he stopped talking. And giving me the same instructions the way I was experiencing them before. And I was like, two weeks in, I'm like, okay, Lord, listen, I'm waiting for some instructions. You know, you're my business partner. What are we doing? Mm. And it would be silence. Mm. And I would say, Jesus, what are we doing? What are we doing, Jesus? And I had this, it was like I was hearing an echo back to me. What are we doing? Yeah. No, what are we doing, Jesus? What are we doing? And about two weeks of silence. And I thought to myself, there's nothing he's asked me to do that I haven't done. And he's silent. What is this about? And I heard him say to me, he just spoke to my heart and said, you haven't dreamed for a while. I want, you have my heart now. I want you to dream with me. Wow. And so at that point, then like, I was like, oh, I can be a strategic planner. I've learned some things. He's shown me some things. I have some ideas, you know, he's given me creativity. And so it's like, now I'm exploring my freedom and my friendship in him, mm -hmm. you know? And so then that was the next walk in this thing. I, that's the, been the walk for years. Now, last year, he shifted me again and said, okay, now I want you to understand more about your authority. Okay, so now he's had, now he has me operating in aspects of authority that I had no revelation of before. So he has just taken all of these aspects are very important parts of identity, kingdom identity, and he walked me through them one by one. But he started with, I need you to know that you are my beloved. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to perform to be pleasing to me. You don't have to achieve. You are, you, you are loved all by yourself. And for me, that was hugely important because I was an achievement oriented, performance driven person. And so I so thank God for that revelation very early on before I ever stepped foot into starting kingdom driven entrepreneur in the public eye with mm -hmm. people that he had done that work in my heart. I, I can't even imagine it having been any other way, to be honest. You know, what's such a mind blow is when you are constantly asking the Lord for guidance and for wisdom. And you're looking up saying, what do you want, Lord? What's next? And you're patiently waiting. And then all of a sudden you hear, what do you want? Yes. It blew my mind. It yeah. blew my mind. And then I got a call from a woman who, who's now a dear friend and now a part of my team. But at that time, I didn't have a relationship with her. And she gave me this word. And she had said to me, 
the Lord wants you to know that you can't pick the wrong thing right now. Like you have his heart, choose door A, choose door B. You know, if you choose A, B's coming around later anyway. If you choose B, A's coming around later anyway. Just keep walking. And I was like, wow, it was so confirming, you know? Yeah. And and I'm just so grateful for every aspect of identity in him. It's all goodness, all of it. Now in the authority phase, what's, yeah. what, what is it that he's wanting you to exercise and speak and do? Yeah, so he's so he's shown me he's shown me that in the realm of kingdom entrepreneurship and the sphere of entrepreneurship, he's like I've given you authority in this space to speak my word and to influence people in the marketplace in this way. So the things that so what he's had me doing is first he's just giving me clarity around the assignment of my life and in those and the areas that I have authority in, which which is in business, but also in a couple other contexts, and um, which is what he's working through with me now. Mm-hmm. But he took me one by one in them, and then he'd say, "It's like as I would be planning things out with him, he'd have me write and speak those things." When I prayed, my prayers turned into more like a decree of something because it was it was his word that I'm coming into agreement with and decreeing. I wasn't saying, please do this. He's like, I already spoke that to your heart. I want you to decree it as a king with authority in my kingdom. I want you to just speak that. It changed my language. It changed the way I pray over certain things um, related to the sphere of influence that I walk in. Mm-hmm. Um it, it just, it shifted some things. Um, sometimes it's areas where he says, I'm opening a door here. And you may seem like, it may seem like you're unqualified in this space, but there you have authority here. So I want you to walk through that door, even if you, you feel disqualified. Mm-hmm. You have authority here. So I'm opening the door, right? So just walking that out with him and, you know, and I, it's not like I'm done yet. He's still teaching me. It's been a shift. That's an incredible shift. And I have seen, as I'm sure you have, the abuse of these declarations being done yes. in the flesh versus yes. when God speaks yes. it to your heart. Um, That's right. Can you share what you see as the difference between a declaration in the flesh versus a declaration or decree with authority in the spirit? Yeah, absolutely. So you only want to, you only really have authority to decree things that are things that he has spoken, right? Mm-hmm. Things that are aligned with his heart. So where the abuse comes in is where we say, oh, we just take whatever, you know, whatever things we want, right? Whatever yep. things we want. And we just say, okay, well, we're just going to decree that thing. So, but if that thing, and I'm not saying that there can't be decrees related to desires, but if those desires are aligned with the heart of the father, that's good. He's already spoke that thing. It's all good. Mm-hmm. But I think what happens is if we don't have that intimacy with him, if we don't have that heart posture toward him that says, I only want what you want. Like, like we are aligned in that way. And if we don't have that healthy, that healthy core, then we can very easily just be uh, picking a miss, right? Those things that we want in the timing of which we want them or whatever. And so there's something about that intimacy with him. That's such a core, core foundation mm-hmm. because then you align your heart and his heart. Then those things are one. And when those things are one, that's a, that is a place from which to speak of. If he said it in his word, he's already said it. You can, you can decree it. He already said it. Mm -hmm. Right. But when it comes to just like random, random desires or, or whatever, whatever desires we want or whatever, and whatever timing, we, we don't even know what's best for us. 
And so it's very easy to then operate all outside of the spirit of God, the kingdom of God in that way. But when you're aligned with him, man, it's powerful. Yeah. We need more people in the kingdom of God who are aligned with and aligned with their authority in the kingdom. We, I mean, we, we flip this whole world upside down. Agreed. Absolutely. You know, it, it reminds me of the old name it and claim it um, right. mentality back 20 some odd years ago, 30 years yep. ago, right? Yep. That's that's the opposite of what you're talking about. That's right. That's right. And, and unfortunately, I believe that what happens is we're still kind of dealing with the remnant of that. So there's some people who won't walk into the truth of the matter because they're still stuck on the abuse of the matter. Mm. And so we have to mature enough to say, just because something was, there wasn't a clear uh, understanding around something or an abuse of something doesn't mean that there's not something in there that is true to explore and then to go do. And so that's kind of my attitude about all this stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of times when, and I don't even, I don't even judge. Sometimes people don't know. Some people are doing something from a improper place. Sometimes they're doing it out of an ignorance, right? Mm -hmm. So I just give grace to people and I just seek the Lord on, okay, well, what is it? What's on your heart? I want your mind and your heart on this matter. And thank God for the Holy Spirit, because that's how we that's how we get this stuff done. Mm, that's right. <laughs> you know, you mentioned authority and that whole yeah. sphere of exercising that. Is yes. there anything else the Lord is pulling you into from a faith journey perspective right now that's really challenging oh you where you're throwing your hands up going, I, I can't do this without you helping me? Listen. Let me tell you something. You got a few more hours? Uh, right. <laughs> Here's my latest stretch. I'm walking it out right now. So the day after the George Floyd incident, okay, mm -hmm. the day after that, maybe two days after that, I was walking. I go for my morning walks every day. I go for a morning walk and an evening walk. And I was just having this walk. And I was talking to Laura. I was listening to worship music. I was doing my walk. And I was just kind of, you know, praising God. And then he starts to talk to me. He starts talking to me about the importance of having a lens of the kingdom, a, ki a kingdom over everything perspective, you know, mm -hmm. kingdom over skin color, kingdom over politics, you know, kingdom over race, like all this stuff. So he's starting to have this conversation with me. Right. And so it's like, okay, this is an interesting conversation, Lord, you know? And so he's like, no, I want you to share. I just felt compelled to share publicly some of the stuff that he was talking to me about. Right. <laughs> Now you have to understand that I don't talk about this stuff. Um, I have no, I don't shy away from these conversations privately, but I never use my public platform to have conversations around race or politics. I'm not interested in talking publicly about either of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. But privately I would now, but I would talk about kingdom business. I talked about my family, food, fun stuff, whatever. Mm -hmm. So when he's like, when I felt like he wanted me to share that, I'm like, okay. And so I shared it. And then I, I noticed that it was a unifying message, like people, and I, I have a very, very, very diverse set of people in my, in my kind of, in Facebook land, right? Yeah. And I was noticing that it was a very unifying message. And so the next day I go for my walk, he does the same thing. The next day I go for my walk, the next day. And so it got to the point where I was like, okay, I said to the Lord, I'm just trying to stay in my lane. You keep talking to me about <laughs> race, politics, kingdom over everything. I'm trying to get stuff done for kingdom driven entrepreneur. You keep talking to me about this. I'm trying to stay in my lane. And he says to me, I've widened your lane. Wow. And I'm like, okay. So it's been very interesting. Now, I have a team now. Thank God. I have a team 
But it's been very interesting that the conversations that I'm having now are still, yes, I have conversations around business, but largely what he's talking to me about is kingdom over everything, especially this intersection of race and politics mm-hmm. in the midst of what's going on in our world right now. And what I'm finding is that because, and now it's it's all making sense because a few years ago, he gave me an instruction to uh, switch my affiliation, political affiliation to no party affiliation. I didn't understand why. I just did it. Now, years later, four years later, or five years, I can't remember exactly when that was, it makes sense to me. What has happened is like, I, it's like I'm literally able, because maybe I wouldn't have been able to do this if I, I'm not talking about other people's affiliation, I'm talking about mine. Maybe I wouldn't have been able to keep a kingdom over everything lens and be able to walk this thing out over the years just privately and then be able to have a, a, a space, a kingdom voice mm-hmm. that's then respected on this topic if I had a political affiliation. right, And so I'm grateful for that, but it's been so crazy because it's not easy to talk about hard stuff. There's reasons why people say that they don't talk about these things on social media. There's reasons for that. And so I, so what I have done to help me out is I slow down. I'm not in a rush to say anything. There's some things that I feel like I'm supposed to say, I'll take three days to refine it, make sure I've got God's heart on it, you know, to make sure that anything that, you know, if I've got to process through some aspects of it. So by the time that I say it, I can really feel like, man, I believe this is the heart of God on the matter, Mm. you know, and I can feel that. And so, and so I've been doing that. I'm not in a rush to say anything. I take my time. And then right now I'm in the middle of these conversations talking about, um, it's a series called mental myopia, which is basically what results when you have a lens that's like an all or nothing thing. So Uh basically, you know what I mean? So I'm, so I'm dealing with that topic right now on this topic around black lives matter. And it's interesting, a person, people are listening. So they don't know that I am African-American, right? Mm -hmm. Female. And it's been very interesting how he's using my voice in a unifying way, a unifying way across political spectrums, Nobody's talking about denominations across political spectrums, across skin colors in a unifying way, because that's what the kingdom does. And so I've been, so it's very uncomfortable, but I'm, but when I said yes to the Lord, I meant every word of it. And so when the Lord showed me some years ago that there was influence in the area of politics, that's the last thing I really wanted to hear. And I don't think that means I'm a politician. It's about kingdom influence in the sphere of politics. I'm now starting to see that show up after it's something that he spoke years ago, right? And so I'm just walking that out and I have a great accountability around me. I've got people that I, you know, I trust that I can say, hey, read this for me. If If there's anything that you feel is off, let me know. And I'll go back and I'll refine that thing with the Lord again. And it's just... I take it really seriously, mm-hmm. you know, because I think it's super important in this time. And I really want to make sure that I'm reflecting God's heart in the midst of it. Cause you can't say it's a kingdom over everything message, but not put kingdom over everything. So anyway, that's the, that may be more than you asked for, but that is the, the stretch that I'm working through right now. But he essentially took the last almost eight years of building this conversation that I've been having around kingdom driven business which has created a trust mm-hmm. in kingdom conversation and other areas. Yes. And as you're sharing this, I'm thinking back of experiences where, have you ever heard somebody say something, it cuts through everything, it made total sense, and it totally disarmed you, and it spoke to your heart directly? That's the Holy Spirit 
Holy Spirit yes. words, right? And yes. what I sense here clearly is you're passionately wanting the Holy Spirit's words when you communicate, because yes. those are the words that change lives and That's bring right. unity and bring the kingdom That's of right. God on earth as it is in heaven. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly it. All uh, of that. What you just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll play it back later. Um, so as we finish up here, Shay, I'm curious regarding the entrepreneurs that you speak to and that you coach, what's one of the top things that you see recurring as a challenge for the people that you speak to? By far, one of the biggest challenges that I see over and over again is people's fear around hearing God's voice, like whether they do or not, and then being stagnated because they're in fear that if they don't get it right, that it's almost like that's a judgment, like that God's not pleased with them or that it makes God look bad or, or mm-hmm. feeling shame or whatever. I see that over and over and over again, because as long as someone is just fought, being led by an expert's guru's blueprint, then they can just say, well, that person had a breakthrough. I'll follow those instructions. And then, hey, you know, it should work. And if it doesn't, I'll just go find another. But as soon as you say, I'm not going to be led by the expert, but I want God to be my source of blueprint. Then at that point, if, if, if people put an unhealthy weight on that, that they don't need to by feeling like, oh my gosh, what happens if? I don't get this quite right. And so I spend a lot of time dealing with identity stuff and tearing down those walls that that provide freedom for people to move in the freedom that they have in Christ. And to know that as they move, you don't have to have all the details. It's okay. You can move. And will you ever be wrong? Yes. Will he course correct? Yes. When you dream with God and you make plans and you go for it, are you going to miss it sometimes? Yes. But don't act like you need to put more weight on that than if you had just followed some blueprint you paid $5,000 for and just said, oh, okay, you know, whatever, didn't quite work, I'll go do another. Don't add that weight. Walk with God. He is so pleased. So don't settle for less out of this fear of taking a risk. And I use air quotes around that. It's a risk, but yet not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but to walk that thing out with God. Yielded to him as business partner, as the ultimate CEO, as the chief anything officer, because that's when we experience his best. That's when we can work in the infinite power of his grace and not just do our business all primarily off of working in our own strength. And that's when we can say to God be the glory for real, because people can see the evidence of his fingerprints all over the work that you're doing and all over the lives that you touch versus being able to say, oh, would God be the glory when really you're just exhausted worked yourself to the bone, you know, to, to the end of other relationships or whatever, and then saying to God be the glory, but wasn't, Yeah, yeah. you know? And so that whole thing around just really being able to work by his grace, work diligently, work diligently by the power of his grace is a game changer. And so, but I find that in doing that, the biggest challenge that people, the biggest hurdle that people get to is that mindset of like having that freedom to just go do explore. I do hear God. I do hear God. I don't have to keep guessing, second guessing and whatever. I hear God. He speaks to me. It seems basic, but I've watched it be a stumbling block for so many people that we have to kind of work through sometimes for months. Oh, what a freeing experience when you finally get to a place where you can say, okay, I'm all right. I'm going to do this. 
Yes. I keep thinking of a car that's parked. It's impossible to guide a vehicle that's sitting still. Yes, I use that example all the time. Yes, exactly. How is he going to guide the parked car? And I and I talk about the Holy Spirit like a GPS. It's like, you know, you didn't quite get it right. What does the GPS say? Recalculating, recalculating. Okay, <laughs> right? fine. Get a course correction. It's all good. It is. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. You bet. What's the best way people can get in touch with you? Sure. The best place is to go to kingdomdrivenentrepreneur.com and then that'll connect you with, you know, our podcast, our courses, mentoring community, and all of that good stuff. Great. So let's finish up by having you pray for our listeners. I'd be honored to. Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness and for your love. I thank you for every single listener who is listening to this podcast, and I just bless them. I thank you that as they are continuing to uh, work on their businesses or the things that you've placed on their heart, I thank you that they are receiving your invitation to do it with you, not just for your glory, but to do it with you. And so I thank you just for freedom being released over everyone who's listening right now and just the encouragement for them to step into something different, to hear your voice in a different way, to experience a different aspect of who you are, to go into another level of friendship with you. And so I just thank you for it. And we bless you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Shay, for being on the program. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Brian. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, read Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.